Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I have spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Robin Wiener, you are the president of Get Real Health, found on the web at getrealhealth.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Super excited about the conversation. Yeah, our our pre-conversation was fun, so I can't wait to actually hit record and be able to do this. So um, for everybody that's listening, Robin, can you tell tell us about Get Real Health? Sure. Get Real Health is a healthcare company that has a product. It's a product company, honestly. And what we are focused in is on the patient experience. And what we do is we have something called the digital front door. And the digital front door, think about your life, right? You go to the doctors and you see all these patient portals and you've got one at your pediatrician, you've got one at the hospital, you've got one over here. What would happen if they all were one place within a hospital system? So that is what we're doing. And what we do is you're able to log in and be able to get all your information from the clinical world and everything that's coming going on in your home world. So off devices, other, other applications. And what we're trying to do is bring all that information for you and your doctor. And one of my favorite um, little quotes we say is, see your patient like you've never seen it before. Because a lot of times what the doctor will see you maybe two, three times a year, and they're making decisions on really small data points. What would happen if they had all the information from every other doctor you went to and everything that's going on at home and your vitamins and your how much you're walking and all those kind of things and they can take the full picture and be able to take a look at you as a person and make decisions on that. But then on the other side, as um, you know, moms and all that kind of stuff, we're running around like crazy. Wouldn't it be great to go and just log in and be able to schedule all your appointments in one place, have your virtual, um, your virtual meetings for your doctors, your virtual, um, uh, and then also be able to pay your bills, everything in one spot, not going to four different places, five different places, trying to figure it out. So. What we are, it's a digital front door, and it does that with this great database underneath it. And that is what we're doing around, not only here in the U.S., but around the world. 
Okay, this is extremely disruptive. Um, I can only imagine the doctors that I've been to over the years, they struggle going from paper to digital. So then having to have all these digital pieces be able to talk as a patient, and we're talking about the patient um, experience, I think this is awesome, but you're a true change agent in healthcare. So what, what has this been like? And can you talk about what that journey is and like, how did it get started? So the journey is, you know, it's, it's funny. We started with um, actually Microsoft um, about 10 years ago and they had a, a system called Health Vault and Health Vault started with um, really this whole point of it happened after Katrina and people didn't have their data. They other, you know, their houses got flooded their doctor's office got flooded and the servers blew up because they got flooded. And so now they're going into in a Houston and to Dallas going, I'm like, I, I, I know I have cancer and I, I take a, pill, a, a pink pill and I don't know. So it was really for us, it was a mission. We started the company it was a mission to do something for people and to help and take technology and, and blend it. When we heard the story, it was the aha moment for us. So we, of course, just being technologists and not really thinking, of course, that seems so simple. Well, of course, everybody went on to say, well, the struggle is real, getting everybody to understand. And, you know, we started with American Heart Association, American Cancer Society, and we grew When we grew. We have been able to do it in outside the U.S. a little easier. So we are the patient engagement platform or the digital front door for the province of Saskatchewan, the province of Alberta and Canada. Because social medicine is already is kind of pushing all in. We've been able to do it in Sweden and uh, uh, all these different countries. In the United States, it took a little longer. But what's really pushed us in the last two years is honestly COVID. Because you know what? The doctors can say, I don't want all that information. Well, what happens when you're not actually physically standing in front of them? So now they actually are dying for the data. They're dying for it because they need the data to be able to make those really informed decisions. And so in the last two years, as much as this has been an awful situation for everybody in the whole wide world, it has pushed people to that digital piece a little faster. Doctors that were unsure of even doing a virtual um, call is now, they're now saying, well, this has helped my life. So for the doctors, it just makes them, they can do something in 20 minutes, which would have taken an hour and they're financially it's better for them. They're making better decisions. But now we have to be able to get that information in their hands. And we're going to be going live with the second largest hospital system in the country, the U.S. country. Um, as of, I can't say the name yet, but we will be going live with them um, uh, later this month uh, because it is their doctors. Are like, And that's over 700 clinics and 40 hospitals that are going to be going online with it because they said, oh, my gosh, we've got to be able to do this to make the right decisions and make the right efforts for people. So congratulations to you. It takes 10 years, but you know what? You get there. <laughs> Only Never 10 years. Gosh, yeah. I remember calling on some clients for, for longer than that in, in my <laughs> previous days, but they do eventually come. It's persistence. Absolutely. And the, the, the client we're talking about used to be a client of ours, left for a while and came back because they knew that we could get the job done for them. Is so, that the best story? Oh yeah. I have another one right behind it, which is crazy. But, um, but yeah, you know, we have two products. One's called Instant PHR and one's called CHBase. And CHBase is the replacement for HealthFall. HealthFall is no longer there. Microsoft came, we had a conversation, we built the CHBase. And what that does for you is integrates into all these separate systems through what's called APIs. So all that, think about all that information is floating up, security, privacy, all the, all the things are there. 
but then you have to be able to see it. And what we've done with Instant PHR is we've got over 200 little web parts. Think about them as Legos, right? We all have Legos. So you can take which Legos or web parts and build your health application on top of it. So it's really kind of cool and fun. And then you can, you can um, skin it to your look and feel for your hospital, your government, you know, all, and whatever that is, you skin and do that. And then um, basically have it in any language. So we just went live in Abu Dhabi mm-hmm. and we are the patient engagement platform for Abu Dhabi and our digital front door, however you want to say it. And it's in Arabic. So we can do it in Eastern languages and Western languages. So in Arabic is Eastern and it flips. So when you say I need Arabic, the whole screen flips over. So that is absolutely open the whole world to us. And that's why we are expanding. But the cool thing is, is the world is flat. The same problems they're having in the Middle East, the same problems they're having here in the US or our new client down in New Zealand. So what we've built is something that can be flexible because of this kind of Lego piece that can apply to them. But the, we are all dealing with the same problems right now with COVID. So it, it is really pushing us there. I think there's there's a lot of truth in that. And, and as, as tough as COVID is, I think that crisis is creating some of this needed change that, um, that needed to take place. And you talk about how sometimes it's easier in, in some of the other countries to get this through, but now we've seen that there's, you know, this is a lot of very important information that needs to be within just America and, and be able to collaborate stronger here. If you've got 700 clinics, I can only imagine, how do you manage a patient who's going through all these doctors? If they're very sick, they're going to see tons of doctors throughout this. And how do you know one doctor's talking to the other doctor and gosh, you know, what about the pharmacy aspect? I'm guessing this includes the medication piece too. Yeah, because it's your sure scripts into that, but also then you can manage it and have it. And the other thing is you realize everything's going to be on your phone because we're not bringing, oh, I hope my internet gets a little better here. Um, everything is um, on, it has to be on your phone to be able to do it. But when you go in, you want to be able to, even if you doc, that doctor is not part of it, you want to be able to bring it up and show them everything that's going on. So the world is changing. And, you know, the other side of it is we are, we'll, we'll travel again. And we need to have information. Something we did up in um, in Canada is we did actually the vaccination passport for the citizens of Saskatchewan. So they can have on their phone. So talk about something that moves quickly. They were told that they could not go to a hockey game in Canada, in Saskatchewan, unless you had a vaccination passport. Since we already had done it, we have the system there for the government, for the Department of Health. Um, we quickly put that into place using the standards that we learned that with our our friends at Microsoft and and Epic and this whole thing called BCI, this group, and we were able to do that in a very quick, fast way. But that gave the ability for their citizens to get outside of their homes and be able to get outside to be able to show they are already vaccinated. So those are the kind of things that are really important to be able to use technology to make in this very terrible time to give us some freedom to be able to get back out into the world and start to get back at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure this app is gonna become more of everyday kind of stuff. Um, I know we were in New York a couple of months ago and wanted to go to Broadway right when it had opened up and we had to download the city of New York app. And on that app, we had the driver's license and the vaccination cards and the PCR test results. Um, so all that information had to be there because otherwise 
literally you're standing at the door with hundreds of people trying to show all the paperwork to get in and they had to streamline the process in order to manage it. And um, to be able to swipe two times for each person was a lot easier than those that didn't have the app and literally was pulling out everything in their purse, trying to find the paperwork that they needed. Um, the QR code, you go right through QR code. And that's when traveling overseas and things. So that's what, you know, that was a really important piece. So we were already set up to do it. It was just taking it to the next level. Um, so we do think, you know, sometimes you have this vision 10 years ago of something that should be happening. And you think, well, why wouldn't it? You do it in, in, in you know, with uh, banking and et cetera. And you just keep pushing through, keep pushing through and getting to clients. And, you know, you get certain clients will jump on ahead. They'll be the first ones there. And then you've got the ones that come on later. But um, as at the end of this year, we'll probably have about 4 million people on the, uh, on the platform. So 2 million. million. Yeah, 2 million in Canada um, by end of uh, March. And then here in the United States, as we start to really get going here, it will probably have probably 1.5 million here at least. Maybe we'll be almost at, almost at five because we've got, you know, we've got New Zealand going online. We are in have half a million in England are going. Um, we're just getting started in the Netherlands. So it, it's becoming something that is really very solid. It's very solid business, very, very solid business. So as a, as a consumer and, and thinking of HIPAA and all that great stuff that we have here, tell me about just the protection or the, um, I guess, the layers that you use to be able to handle all that patient confidentiality. Oh, or is the world going to a point where we're like, here's my vaccination card and we don't care anymore? So people have, it's a, one good thing about our system is it's your decision as a, a patient to share mm-hmm. that information. So the sharing is all about you decide who you want to share it with. So if you want to do that, but along with the other things we have to, surprisingly enough, Europe is a lot tougher on standard and privacy than even here in the United States. So we have to follow the rules of um, the EU and they're really tough. And we really, there's lots of security that is put around that. Um, Not only because you want to share it, but somebody could hack in or something like that. So we've got layers and layers of security that you have to go through to be able to connect into it and to be able to, to do that in a way. And we have to follow the highest standards in the world, not just U.S., higher standard in the world. And if we follow the highest standard in the world, the rest of them will, mm-hmm. will fall in behind it. So that is something that we're very passionate about. And, and um, as far as the securing of the data, you know, making sure that data is in, in secured clouds that are around the world that are tightened down. So in each country, we have to keep that data within country or within like EU or something like that. So that information lives in that country, which puts even another layer of security around it. So we, uh, it, it's something that we thought of from the very beginning and uh, constantly, and we've really, you know, not gonna never had a problem, so. That's awesome. Yeah. You begin to think when you think globally, you've got to start thinking about, all right, we've got to break it down into each country and what, um, what's acceptable and, and, and what are the criteria that we need to do to meet that culture and meet that, that group of people. So, and we're constantly looking. So we just, uh, we're very close to university of Maryland and they've got phenomenal kids over there. They're just doing great stuff. And we had a team actually go out and do a research project for us this past quarter and find out exactly uh, are the rules changing, what's going on in each of the, each of the area. And they did a huge, it was fantastic presentation and everything for us to make sure that we were 
just giving us another layer of confidence that we weren't missing something. Now we do, we have companies that do this for us, but we thought it was a really cool project because honestly, I look at what those, those, these young um, adults coming out of, I mean, I'm looking at the talent and I'm like, come on over. But it was great to kind of see them dive into a project like that to make sure that we were secure um, around the world. It is exciting. So, you know, just to kind of take a little bit of a left turn, but when, when we reach out, we partner with these universities, it, it serves two purposes. It serves probably more than that, but, you know, you get them these amazing opportunities to be able to see the way they're thinking and their perspective. So you can kind of see where the, the workforce is going to be shifting because you can start to see where their brains are going. And, um, and they get this, this opportunity to be able to pull all this research. And like you said, you can almost future begin to, you know, target, okay, from a hiring perspective, I sure would love to get this person when, when they're out in the working world. Absolutely. So I, um, I've been asked to be uh, on the advisory board for uh, uh, the school Smith business school, uh, University of Maryland. So I sit on that and I can able to see really great talent, but along with it, they have a program called Quest, which brings together technologists, business, and engineering all together. And um, we're part of, I sold a company a couple of years ago to a company called CPSI, fantastic, one of the best moves ever. And we have an innovation center. So I've connected them and uh, these, this Quest group, the students are going to be connecting our whole system into Alexa, any of the personal. So, you know, if you think about your mom being at home, maybe she can't get on her, her phone, a lot of them can, but they can, she can answer questions for Alexa. So that's a project they're working on right now to make sure, but, but why not? We're doing some things down in South, um, South Alabama, CPSI is out Alabama, South Alabama, their students are doing some robotic work for us. So really neat stuff. And you're teaching them that this is work, but you get paid to do this. Like this is what work can be. And they get to have that exposure of this can be fun and you can get paid and, and live a great life. Yeah, absolutely. And Hey, you know what, for us as a corporation, I'm looking at some really, really good, good talent. So, and um, I just blows me away how smart these kids are. Just blows me away. I don't think I was that smart at UConn. So um, yeah, they're really good. So no, so we've got a lot going on. That's awesome. I can relate with you. I'm glad I squeaked into school when I did and got out when I did. Cause I don't think I could get back in. <laughs> well, Maryland now you've got to have a 4.3 to get in. My, my yeah. husband went to Maryland. He's like, there's no way. <laughs> I know I wouldn't have gotten in. I mean, yeah. I was just like, Oh, glad I glad that's glad I'm there. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I feel bad for the kids that are coming up now, but oh, I've, I've got them coming up. Yeah. It is definitely yeah. difficult but they're doing great. You know, they're, they're learning at, at different rates than we ever could. So it's exciting. They are. To they are so sharp and smart. Yeah. So, okay. So you've, you've been in this business for a few years, uh, <laughs> to put it mildly. And, um, you know, part of this business is just this evolution of, of testing minimal viable products or services over the years. And I'd like to hear your thoughts around, you know, some companies, they, they're very comfortable in what they're doing and they feel like it's working time and time again, and maybe they're lucky or maybe I don't know why, but they haven't had to change. I'm a big proponent of, of being able to go out and just create some small change, just some MVPs. And if you can create some small successes, then lean in. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts around just MVP, minimal viable products. And stuff. I, I, I 100% agree with you. We're constantly looking. And even if you have your product, you know, what we built 10 years ago is not what we have now because the world is constantly changing. 
So that is why you do have people out doing research. You, you should be going out to all the conferences. You should be on the blogs. You want to be listening to about what's the new, especially in technology. You will be passe in about six months if you are not doing that. So you're constantly looking at how can we, you know, that's why you have R&D to make sure that you're constantly growing, 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 growing. Just like the vaccination passport is a good one. That's something we, we got ourselves as soon as we knew, we knew something was gonna have to come, right? And we're listening, listening. As soon as they put a committee together, what's called the VCI, um, we joined immediately because we knew that we will lose out if we do not do this. This is something that's going to be required in our world. So you're constantly, so we did an MVP. First thing we had to do is put it together, do an MVP. It was, it was, you know, it worked, it was ugly, but it worked. And then we had to go and refine, refine, refine. But we had to make sure that we knew what we were doing with it and making sure that we were there. Um, we're taking what our CH base, our, our database that we done with all the APIs, we realized with some new regulations that are coming out, new things and with how important some data, we need to take that and we are growing it up. And you will see, we will, our biggest conference called HIMS in March, you will we'll have a movie premiere of CH Base Unified. And that is bringing, is really expanding what we had to a much bigger piece, really bringing in a lot more. So it's, it's bringing in a lot more data from different areas and bringing it together and being exposed to the patient and to the docs. And so you're constantly looking for it, constantly. I've seen too many businesses, and honestly, I've seen businesses very close to me that that they were kind of just doing what they were doing every day. And now at this moment in time, they're struggling because some young, fun, cool company has taken, has passed them and is taking their business. They can do it less expensive, faster, and better quality. So you're constantly making sure that you are at the top of your game. Otherwise, one day you're going to wake up and go, oh my gosh, where's my business? There's a lot of truth in that. Um, mm -hmm. I think that is a, a great story, a great experience. Um, you, um, let's see, you've got a, a number of case studies that are on your, I've got so many notes, I'm looking at this going, <laughs> what do I want to do next? But you've got great case studies um, in regards to working with hospitals and nonprofits and workplace wellness and health insurance and, and bringing these together. Do you have a particular case study um, that you want to share that that would be fun to be able to talk about here? I think there's two of them. Mm -hmm. um, internationally, when we look at the international case study, we really looking internationally, you look at social medicine, and which is very different from where we are. And in, in some ways, they've done it in a good way, because information does flow into one, usually one area in a province or a county or, you know, whatever, or state, whatever country you're in. Um, and that's been a great use case for us, because when we go in there, we're actually able to get the feed of the data in a way that is a little simpler, but then be able to build something that really points to that region, using this Lego piece, right? And be able to do it in their languages um, has been a really huge point. So, you know, we've got the province of Saskatchewan, Alberta, um, um, Abu Dhabi in the UAE doing that. We've got NHS Trust with our partner Southampton and we've got in Acrohook, the region of Acrohook um, in the Netherlands. And that's really working with either the Department of Health in that area with our partner, we have partners in between. That's another thing you'll learn. Like you should do a partner within country and then partner with them. Um, department, be able to do that and be able to really hit the citizens 
And you start small and then you add pieces on there. So we're, you know, we're talking about bringing wellness and, and those pieces in, uh, into that side of it. Um, those are the kind of use cases we see around the you know, internationally, because you got to kind of go with what they're doing. For us here in the US, it's a little bit different because we are working with large hospital systems or health exchanges um, here in each state. And what we're looking at that is that real combination of bringing those clinics and the hospitals together, building somewhat what they have in, in these different countries of all that data for one group of people. And for us, it's these more of these hospital systems these large hospital systems to be able to do it. Even our parent company, CPSI, has their own EMR, and we're doing it for all their hospitals to be able to have one place they can go and, and look at it. So we've got two, you've got to look at your market, two different areas, right? Internationally, it's going to be different from um, national here um, in country, and you've got to kind of work, look and see how we're doing the business. The great thing is our product will apply to either one. I like it. All right. So I couldn't help but pick up on the word partners and you, you kind of, you kind of smiled and said, Oh, that's another story. And I think there's a, a good story in there. I love a good partnership. Um, can you talk about that and how that's. Yeah. Helped? So especially, you know, so as a small company, you know, and I think we're talking to a lot of people that may have a small company out there. It is incredibly hard to go into a RFP or into these large things because you just don't have the, the depth of that to be able to do it. So um, internationally, uh, we have also on top of that is we don't have a connection regionally in that area. So I'm not, I'm not gonna know the players in Canada. I'm not gonna know the players in England or in Abu Dhabi. Um, so you try to get, find a partner that you feel really comfortable with working with. Up in Canada, our partner is TELUS, which is one of the largest telecommunication companies. We've been with them for 10 years. And they become their partner, but they're also like our partner in crime because we're, we're constantly together, we're doing things together. Um, but they're the ones that are going out. They have the in-country feel for that. They're, we are probably sitting right behind them on an RFP to be able to do that. But here in the United States, a lot of times we have some direct, the large one I'm talking about is a direct and that's a relationship. But sometimes we work with companies like SaaS and we go into something where SaaS is bringing a collection of multiple different companies together to build out a solution. And we're just part of that solution. And, and I'm, I'm fine with that. As long as I get my, my, my money, I'm fine, right? Part of a solution. So you're gonna have to, I think it's really important to get out there and get in front of these other companies. Now we work with the Department of Commerce overseas and they will introduce me to those large companies as a US company that's coming in doing this piece of what an RFP might be, and we are able to do it. So we've partnered with GE before, IBM, Microsoft, um, uh, Deloitte, you know, all these different large corporations. We're just a piece of the puzzle. We're not the whole puzzle. And they're, they also take, they're out there, their name is on the, the paper. They're taking probably, uh, I mean, they're taking a financial risk for you. Getting paid for overseas is much nicer to go through a large corporation to pay you versus you chasing after government. So those are the kind of partnerships you have. And they, I mean, Microsoft is the reason we're here. I mean, they're one of our best partners and still is one of our best partners for years. How did you get, how, what was your first relationship like with Microsoft or how did, so we how came did that out a company called Yeah, we came out of a company called US Web mm -hmm. um, and we uh, worked really closely with Microsoft at US Web. 
So we had the relationships there. So we knew a lot of the good players. But the biggest thing is a client of ours many, many years ago was doing a wellness piece and we built their site for them. And um, this is where Health Vault comes into play. And we connected their site to Health Vault. And Microsoft looked at our technology and said, ooh, you guys are pretty good. Like, you know what you're talking about. And from there, we, we started building this really deep relationship with them because Health Vault was kind of this cool new thing. And they were looking for really cool technologists. Uh, my partners, uh, Mark Heaney and Jason Harmon, are phenomenal. And they both worked so many years down. At, like Mark used to go to Microsoft every other week. So he had relationships there. Jason is just this like crazy, smart solution architect. And the person who was doing Health Vault was a guy named Sean Nolan. And he and Jason were just like two minds melted together. And so he liked what we saw. He saw technology-wise. They liked see, they saw what we were doing. And then, I mean, we were the first ones, to, one of the first ones to work with Fitbit back in the day. When we worked with Fitbit, there were five people at Fitbit. So um, that's kind of our relationship. They recommended us to American Heart Association. They recommended us to, to tell us our first big partner up south. They were the ones recommending us Southampton over. So that's how it started. But it's not just going through the partner page and getting your name on the partner. You need to make that personal relationship with somebody. That is the truth. And it continues to be a constant throughout everything that's going on in the world is, is having those relationships, the authentic relationships with other people and doing what you say you're going to do. And obviously you did that and, and more. So congratulations. Yes. And it was, you know, and ended up for us to have an exit a couple of years ago. And, um, and, and then in the exit, I would say to people, when you go to exit, make sure your exit, we didn't take the top financial piece for us. We took the top place that I felt one of my missions is to make sure my, my people that work for me are the most important thing in the whole wide world other than my family to me. I wanted to make sure they had a soft landing and we're going to. So when I met CPSI, the leadership of CPSI, and they called and said, hey, would you ever think about selling? I was like, I want to go with them. And we were three or four others coming, but it's because of who they were and how they, what they believed in people. And that's the kind of stuff. So make sure when you go that, that great exit, everybody's looking for eventually, yeah. make sure you're looking at all the picture, the pieces to make sure that you're going to have a soft landing. And, you know, a lot of times when you own a company, you don't stay after you sell. I stay because you know what? I'm having a heck of a good time. That, that like speaks that. volumes for the entire process that you put in place when you began your partnership with them. So, um, yep. and your, and your people see that, and that's really important because it keeps the culture going and that's what got you where you are. So. Yes. We, we have fun. We work hard. To have fun. <laughs> hey, those are two really good things to do. Um, so Robin, if anybody wants to learn more about you and the work that you're doing, where should they go and how can they learn more? I it definitely, you know, getrealhealth.com um, is you're going to have a, a feather. Follow us on LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter. Um, we really, you know, we're Amanda Wright, who is my marketing manager, is phenomenal. And she is constantly out there. I mean, an article came out last week about me. All the, you'll learn more about me than you ever want to learn. Um, but there's, we're constantly out there trying to stay ahead. And, and, social, and then we'll be at our conferences this year down at um, vibe down in Miami, beginning of March, and we'll be at Hims, which is the largest healthcare um, uh, of the week later. So until the 18th. Fantastic. Thank you, Robin. Thank you so much. Enjoyed this. This is a lot Thank of fun. You. 
Yes, I enjoyed just getting to speak with you before and during this. This was great. Uh, Robin Wiener, you are the president of Get Real Health, found on the web at getrealhealth.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherinecanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherinecanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here.